Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of my podcast, The Unstoppable Leader, with me, your host, Maria Patissetti. And do I have a very special guest for you. I'm speaking with Michael Lane of Success Resources. Now, Michael is a super successful entrepreneur having started and run over nine businesses with over a billion dollars in sales throughout all of his businesses. And he is very passionate about the entrepreneur scene as one of the only few people who specialize in educating entrepreneurs. Now, the primary business that he runs, Success Resources, is the world's largest education seminar. And this year, he would have successfully run 500 plus of those all over the world. And he turns over about $100 million plus. So today he talks to us about all things business and how he's dealing right now with the COVID situation. As you all might be aware, the events businesses have taken a hit all over the world and he's going to share with us some success tips as well as some of the obstacles that Michael has overcome, not just right now, but over the course of his growth. So stay tuned and enjoy the podcast. I have with me an unstoppable leader, Michael Lane. I met him on LinkedIn and he's been an absolute pleasure to follow and quite an inspiring individual. So Michael, if I'm not wrong, you have nine businesses in total and uh, totaling up to almost a billion dollars in turnover in sales that you've met to date. And you started pretty young too. And, and, uh, the biggest business of them all is the largest educational seminar business. Is that what you call it, Michael? Is that the yeah. right description? Yeah. Called yeah. Success Resources, which is how I know Michael, because you changed my life through Tony Robbins. And I'm sure thousands and hundreds of thousands of other people, if not millions of them around the world. So, so thank you for taking the time to be here with us, because I know these are tough times for everybody. And in particular, you, Michael, given the business that you're in. So one of the questions. Having me. I appreciate it. You're very, very welcome. So one, I have actually written this down because I loved one of your one of your LinkedIn posts. And in that you actually asked the question. And I thought that would be a good place to start because I know being in the events business, it's been quite challenging for you. And the question that you actually asked was, it got me thinking, and it got a lot of my colleagues thinking too. What's on the other side of the obstacle for you? Mm. I guess, how have you dealt with what's happened right now, Michael? And what is on the other side for you? I know you've achieved massive success quite young as well. Look, um, yeah, I've, I've had my journey just like everyone else and it's been ups and downs and, um, you know, fortunate to have a business now that educates and inspires other people. Um, you know, when I was a young entrepreneur, I needed a business like this. I needed somebody to help me and mentor me. And uh, it was when I went to my first program and I remember paying $6,000 for this program and it was so much money to me back then. I actually had to borrow it from our business that my father and I had at the time. And it, it changed my life. It, I mean, it, it changed everything. It was a three-day event where we went out of, I live in Sydney, we went out of Sydney to the Hunter Valley, two hours up the coast, we all stayed, um, it was a hundred of us, we all stayed in different cabins and we all met in the seminar room for, for three days talking about seven steps to seven figures in seven years it was. <laughs> and it was about starting with a dollar. And um, it was based around the born rich um, philosophy, which um, the gentleman's name's just eluded me right now, but Bob Proctor. Oh, Bob yes, I Proctor. remember 
born rich. And then, look, I went to that program. It changed my life. And I, I went and did many businesses between then and my business now. But I, I, I never got the feeling that I got from helping somebody uh, just like I was helped many years earlier. And I, and I love having a business like that. So right now it's tough times. There are no seminars happening. To give your audience an idea, last year I did 525 events in 37 countries. Uh, there was 290,000 people came to our events live. And as we sit here right now, I have no live events. Um, but that's okay because my vision was never to run the largest events-based company. My vision was to impact and change the lives of people around the world. Sure, we built up a very strong live seminar component of that. But now on the other side of this obstacle is a new phase, a new version of our business. And that's very much a, a digital phase, a digital version of our business. We will still do live events and, and it'll never leave at the core of what we do because I think something transformational happens when you're at a live event. Um, Absolutely. But, but for me, there's a huge obstacle in front of us, not too dissimilar to yourself and every other people out there right now. And it could be not your business, but it could be a friend or a family member's health right now. I just think that we're all going to experience crisis in our life. We're going to have many micro crises. This is a macro, and I hope this is the last macro crisis you and I and the listeners have in our lifetime. But if not, how do we create a strategic thinking format or process that allows us to navigate through this and build something stronger, more uh, inspiring, more educational, more transformational for our clients when we get beyond this? So that's the mindset that I'm in right now. And what I'm telling anyone who will listen is create a fun game or a playful experience around it. If you had $10 million that was going to be given to you on the other side of the obstacle, how would you look at the problem? Most people don't have a big enough reason why they need to solve the problem. So what I'm telling my team, what I'm telling on podcasts and people do right now is, have something that's meaningful and worthwhile, even if it's artificial. Yeah. Uh, and it may not be artificial. There could be a huge billion-dollar concept on the other side. But most people are getting stuck in the problem and not finding ways to come out of it. I guess you freeze, Michael, because I'm thinking fear is one of those emotions, right? I mean, Tony talks about it a lot. I learned a lot from him. But when you go into uncertainty and fear, your creative brain or creative part of the brain stops functioning. So I know for the first few weeks, a number of my colleagues, especially ones in your industry and, and some of the really difficult ones like hospitality, people just froze. Because what do you do? I mean, you pretty much get shut down. You go from, in some cases, 50 million, 100 million turnover to just almost nothing. Not that it ever goes to nothing, but you stop. So I think it's a mindset, Michael. Like, what were there anything, anything specifically that you did to to get your your system out of that panic and fear? Yeah, hundred percent. You have to have a process. You have to have a system that you go to to navigate through it. The first thing I do is I pause. I take a breath. I find my center. You know, fear does not live in love and in the center. Fear mm -hmm. lives by. Fears of the past or fears of the future. 
So when you get back to your center and back to love and oneness and stillness, it's really hard for fear to thrive. So I want to stop the fear in the moment. Then I want to run a pattern. And I've become very good at this because I've had many, many challenges and I've I've figured out my process of how to navigate through it so I can stop the movie of fear running because it is like a movie. The the trailer runs in our mind and then often we're still sitting there days, weeks, months later with that movie still playing out. You need to stop that fear. And what I like to do is take that deep breath, find my centre, focus on my breath if I have to, In and out, get that center, focus on my 10-year vision of what I want to achieve and what I what what I want the world to look like after I've achieved that. Now, if you do that, I truly believe it'll stop that movie running. Then you can start to go, okay, cool. Yes, COVID-19 is a problem. It's a big, horrible problem. But compared to my 10-year goal, February 2020 to maybe September. 2020 is a very small portion of that 10-year goal. So I want to get back on the horse, get back to serving my vision, and that allows me to come through the fear and and be able to navigate beyond it. Absolutely. And and I and I've heard multiple times that you're an amazing leader for the team. You've got 250 plus people, is that right, Michael, all around the world? Mm-hmm. So how do you I suppose pass that down to all of them? How do you make them feel comfortable at ease? And so that they're okay. And how do you take care of them? Look, it's it's a great question. I've never been through a crisis like this before. Yes. Um, you know, I've dealt with many crises on a small level, whether it's, you know, um, failing businesses, telling staff, hey, we're, we have to shut up the shop, all those kind of things. In this crisis was a little bit different because everyone's experiencing it. Yeah. Um, most crises, if, if you're a business owner, uh, my neighbours won't know if I'm going through a micro crisis. No one knows, right? There's often times where my staff won't even know. Yes. I'll just quarantine that to myself because, A, I think I can always solve the problem. I just truly believe that. Yeah. Um, but how I dealt with it this time was just get everyone together. Um, we need to over-communicate now. We need to remember our mission and our vision. Okay. Yes, it's easy to focus on the fear and the current obstacle, but remember why we're here. It was not to do with live events. It was not to do with digital events. It was due to serving our mission, however that happens. What a great opportunity to now innovate and move beyond that and create what we hope to be the largest digital education company on the planet. And we will do the live events again and we will be the largest live event. So my staff are unique. They're all in the personal development game like me. Mm. They're around this 24-7. But it doesn't mean we don't have moments. You mean, I've I've done personal calls with staff who are doing it tough over this time. Um, So you have to be there. You need to give them certainty. You need to let them know that when I turn up to this office every single day, I'm going to do everything I can to help us through this. So, you know, that's that's a very easy, comfortable answer for you. Mm. There's a whole heap of turbulence underneath that. You know, whether it's cash flow, whether it's... um, you know, uncertainty in staff, whether the staff have been infected or their family's been infected by the COVID-19. Yeah. So there's many layers to finding certainty within your within your team in this kind of crisis. 
but you need to start by having a big vision, letting them know that they are immensely important to that vision. And one of the things that I did very early was go, my vision is the most important thing to me right now. And I know I can't do that with every single, without every single one of you. So if you're willing to, it's going to be tough. We're going to have to get through this. But if you give me everything you've got, boy, oh boy, I'm going to give you everything I've got. And I tell you now, we will celebrate on the other side of this. Yeah. That helps. Yes, absolutely. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to flip back to pre-COVID and, and how you got to the success and some of the lessons you've learned. And I know you've said you've had several crises as we all have as entrepreneurs, but what are some of the lessons you've learned? I mean, COVID is a pretty big lesson and we're all learning. No one has the answers right now for anything, Michael. We don't even know when we're going to come out of it. But if you look back at the past and your journey as an entrepreneur, what are some of the lessons that you've learned that are actually coming in handy now? Yeah, look, um, I was very fortunate to understand my passion uh, early. When I say early, probably 27, 28. And for many people, that is early. And I'd gone through the ups and downs of trying to be an entrepreneur and I chose, I chased the money for so long. I did not chase the, the impact, the vision, the mission side. So I learned that lesson very young that money was not going to make me happy. I'd made it, lost it, made it, lost it. Okay. So if there's anyone listening out there, what a great benefit to this crisis would be for you to sit down and identify the thing you're super passionate about. Because when future crises come about, it's only that 10-year vision that's going to get you through it. Now, I don't care how uh, successful you are, how flamboyant you are, if you don't have a strong 10-year vision, you will not get past it. Do you mean there's many people out there right now who were doing what they thought was their passion and they're like, I'm going to sit on the couch back there, I'm going to wait for this to blow over. Guess what? It's not that important to you. And that's okay because now you're realising and maybe it isn't that important. So right now is a great time to identify the thing you're passionate about. But here's the difference, Maria, is that you need to turn the passion into a purpose, a purpose that's bigger than you. Too many entrepreneurs I'm talking to, they're playing too small a game. Mm. They want to impact their life first, which is okay. Then they want to impact maybe their family's life. What I would say today is push yourself to make a global impact. Get beyond you, your family, your community, even beyond your city. What can you do to come out of COVID and put a huge global mission to change and impact the world? I tell you now, if you really tap into that, you won't sit on that couch for three minutes. You'll figure out a way, right? So... Once you've figured out your purpose, you need to then turn it into an obsession. We've talked about three things there. Identify your passion. And just so people are clear, you have many passions. I have many passions, but I only have one obsession. So it is an example. I love golf. I honestly do. I'm looking outside now. It's a beautiful day. I'd love to be on the golf course, but I'm not passionate about getting up at 5.30 every morning and playing golf. Mm. So it's a passion, it's not an obsession. So identify what your micro and what your macro passions are. Turn that macro thing into a purpose that's bigger than you and then find a way to make it an obsession so you get up and you live it and breathe it every day. I did that. I followed that process and that's how 
you know, from a monetary point of view, you know, we we massively changed the whole trajectory of our business. We went from 25 million locally mm. to 150 million globally very quickly. Um, and I, I think it comes down to those three steps. I was just going to ask the question you answered it. How did you go from that 10, 20 million to the 120? But I guess it's that identifying that passion or obsession, right? Well, it's a starting point. You know, yeah. a lot of people listen to this go, Michael, I'm obsessed about this, but I don't have 100 million. Yes. So, you know, there are, there are processes, there's steps. You need to find a product or service that's truly going to make an impact. Mm. And how do you deliver that product or service at scale, at a cost-effective rate where people go, it's a no-brainer? Mm. You know, how, how do I do that? Here's an example. We went from running events in Australia, doing pretty well, 20 to $30 million in turnover, super comfortable. Yes. Then we decided, well, what's the legacy play out of this? What does life look like after 30 years? What do we want to be known for? And we quickly decided to go from Australia to Asia to then all around the world. But what we did was very unique. We completely dropped the barrier of entry. So I said to you, what you need is great product, great service, needs to be scalable globally and needs to be cost effective so there's yeah. barrier. We dropped our prices because we, we could have put our prices up. We're the only, we're the only circus in town. We could mm. put a price at any, anything. We decided to drop it. So, for example, if you came to one of our 24 National Achievers Congresses in 24 cities last year, you will know that every single city around the world, in that local currency, you could have got a ticket for less than $100. Yes, I was there at one of them with Gary Vee. <laughs> There you go. I don't know how much yeah. you paid, but what I was proud about, we started that event at 39 bucks. It was pretty affordable. I think even the, the highest one was pretty low, quite affordable. It is, but that's it. I, I, I'm, I've, I've got a mission to impact as many as I can, not this amount and go deep. So find a product to service you're passionate about, lower the barrier of entry for the market, mm. over-deliver, over-communicate, and over-serve your client. And I tell you now, the money will follow. Yeah. Now, I have to ask you a question because sometimes a thinking big is, is at times a reflection of how good you feel about yourself, Michael. I mean, for you to have attracted people like Tony Robbins or get people like Gary Vee or Sir Richard Branson or Russell Brand, all of these amazing speakers, you have to be the kind of person that attracts that. How did you become that person? Because obviously you have nine businesses or had several before you hit the jackpot, so to speak, with success resources. So what was that journey and, and when did it really click for you? I mean, I know the passion and all of that, but what inside you changed for you to be able to, conf to confidently attract that kind of caliber of speaker? Look, it does go back to having an obsession to serve. So yeah. I know you said don't touch on that, but if you're yeah. missing that component, it's going to be yeah. difficult. Yes. Because they feel that. Do you mean yeah. I've got a great relationship with Jay Shetty? Uh, yes, love him. Love him, right? <laughs> I I spent two years um, helping him, adding value to him. You know, we still have not done anything that I've profited from. Yes, and I'm totally okay with that because I want to serve and be the best partner I can, and I know that eventually we'll profit from that. But he's obsessed with my obsession to get his message out there. Yeah. So so you do you need that obsession part, but then you need to have some some business smarts. You need to have a model that's scalable. If I went to Jay 
and said, Jay, I love your work. I'm passionate. I'm obsessed. Why don't you come down to um, Homebush and we run a little event together? People are like, Michael, that's Jimmy. That, yeah. that's, that's, that's not going to get him to move. No. But my, my decision was, Jay, I want to help share your message to tens of millions of people in the next two to five years in 40 cities around the world. That's a, biz- that's a different business proposition. Oh, so absolutely. You, you need to be able to attract them so they feel who you are, they feel your, how important this is to you, but you need to be able to back it up. You need to be able yes. to show this is how we'll scale it. This is the impact we'll make. This yeah. is financially what will happen. And why I'm so confident in that is because I've got the best team around the world who's done this for the last 25 years. That's a different presentation, right? So exactly. it, it is an attraction though. Yes, it, it absolutely is. I, I was just thinking, you've got um, how many businesses did you try or did you try and try before you got to success resources and um, then realised that's it? You know what? I've been documenting my entrepreneurial journey. Like, Are you writing a book, Michael? You better be. Uh, not yet. Not yet. I'm, I'm still too busy seeing if all my crazy ideas still work. <laughs> and, and, it's and, already worked, Michael. <laughs> well, well, this is the thing, Maria. Yeah. If if you didn't make money in the last decade, it was the it was the the golden era of entrepreneurship. You know, the, the single greatest bull run in entrepreneurship history. Yeah. So yeah. that's easy. It's easy to, to sail when the wind's behind you. Yes. Um, Let's see how we go after this. Next not, decade. I'm testing myself right now. I know this is going to be a huge learning curve for me in the next three to five years. So, yeah. you know, with this, there's no mantelpiece that I'm kind of holding on to. But to answer your question, yeah. um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It was the ninth business. I've now, I've started, I've started 15. It yes. was the ninth business that this started to happen. But but so you're aware, there were other businesses in there that were successful. Yes. Uh, the landscape changed. Things yes. happened. Um, I made a million dollars when I was 24 in my business, not me personally. Yes. Um, we turned over tw- we turned over a million dollars in the first 30 days wow. from, doing, from doing a joint venture. Yes. So I had tastes of success. So I've had that. But my ninth business was the first one where – it just doesn't mean we don't have challenges, but since, yeah. since that point, it's gone like that. It's no. almost exponential, right? It's that tipping point that they say, you know, you've hit it, you work and you work, and then suddenly something happens. Yeah, you know what, Maria? I, I believe it's a tipping point, but I believe, I believe timing is huh. impeccable. It, it, it has to be so in the timing needs to be so important because. I've done businesses, I've done deals where even in this day and age, it would thrive. But it was a little bit early. It was too early for the market. I've done businesses where it it was the right product at the right time. We were cheaper than everyone else. But then the winds changed and we got the timing wrong. So here's what I know. When you keep showing up to the plate every day and you keep swinging, the timing will line up and you'll figure it out. And a lot of it is uh, a metaphysical game. Do you mean, you know, it's a lot of it's getting there and going, Michael has been swinging and swinging and swinging. Mm. Um, And it's not that I deserve it, but when you're playing full out and you truly believe you've got something bigger than yourself, 
the stars align. Exactly. The timing lines up. So Tony you know, Tony calls it grace, right? Yeah, it's grace. <laughs> He calls it grace. But it's interesting though, Michael, because a lot of people say multiple businesses, but then there are people like me who've been at one business for a little while. I've seen a lot of that too. But it does start to happen, but that takes a lot of patience and persistence. I was going to ask you, how did you know when to stop at a business and then start the next one? Like yeah. that's such a hard thing to do because you, you kind of get messed up sometimes because you go, it's persistence, being tenacious when you're an entrepreneur to keep at it. Yeah. But at what point do you call it quits? Look, um, it really comes down to, you know, m- most entrepreneurial ventures are trading insolvently. Let's be real. Really, UTO <laughs> won't be listening to this, I hope. But no, no. <laughs> you, you understand what I mean because you're always scheming going, what's that next thing? And if that next thing produces, then we're all fine. Right? Exactly. So exactly. it's not consciously trading insolvently, uh, insolvently mm. but it's we're, we're playing that game. I... I've shut down businesses when we ran out of cash. I've shut yeah. down businesses when the landscape changed. Uh, I had a great business back when I was 19, my first business. It was a door-knocking business. My father had a Ford dealership. And I figured out that the service department was the most profitable department of any dealership. So I built this, what we now know is almost like um, Scoop-on or Group-on discount. Yes. Thing. I built that in a card where I would go sell it door to door around the, the neighborhood of the dealership. And I would go, Maria, this gives you two car services, a wheel alignment, uh, this, 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 and this. It's valued at $700. It's 120 bucks. So I'd go sell that. I did a deal with my father to go, I keep the 120. You get the client. But what actually happened was every time they pulled off one of those vouchers on the card, it was an average of $700 to the dealership. Wow. Because they would go, Maria, we've just done that free service for you, but your left brake pad's not working or it's it's very thin. The good so old upsell. That all worked. Everything yeah. was great. My father then moved from that dealership and then that business stopped. So, you know, we've all got our journey. We've all got things that worked or things that didn't work. You know, the, most of my failures have been because I wasn't ready to, to scale mm-hmm. that business. But... For people listening right now, I've had businesses that have gone slow and steady and I've had businesses that go fast. Um, I truly believe it's a reflection of the business owner. Um, I've stopped businesses. I've stopped one business because it was just going too slow. And my mind is working so hard and I'm so far ahead of this moment today yeah. Um, so usually when business is good or, or normal or pre-COVID, I'm always working 180 days away. Mm. What that 180 days look like? What's next? What's the next event? What's the next deal I can do? And often I think business owners can get stuck waiting for a business to come around. You know, I'm a huge advocate of joint ventures and going out there and building a win-win between yeah. two different parties. Yeah. I know because I've done it, and I think every business owner listening to this should mm-hmm. build a joint venture muscle, so to speak, where every single month you've got a joint venture activating. Right. Now, they're not all going to work, yeah. but if you can get joint ventures working in parallel to your core marketing message, core mm-hmm. marketing process, then you have this amazing way to scale your business 
but usually no money down. Mm. I mean, a joint venture is a very simple way of going, hey, I've got a great product or service. You've got my clientele. How about we do a deal where you promote it to mine and I give you a financial kickback? Yes. I mean, I've done that my whole life. I've done 550 joint ventures and I dare say those have been things that when business has been tough and the market has been slow, the mm. joint ventures have got me through. So if you're experiencing a, a lull or something right now because of COVID, what could you be doing to go out there and do a joint venture with somebody and add massive value? And here's one tip, and Maria, we, we could even go and do another whole podcast on just joint ventures. I, got so I, was, just, I was actually thinking I might just do that with you because you talk a lot about joint ventures, which is fantastic. I, I do. But if, if someone's listening to this right now, Go find a way to create a huge opportunity for a partner to get involved at a no-lose situation, not a win-win. Because, Maria, if I come to you and I I propose something to you and you go, okay, that could be a good win for us. Yeah. That's very different to Maria going, this is a no-lose situation. Very different. Yeah. Very different. Can you give an example of one of those, Michael, just for the audience? Yeah. So it's no lose. Yeah, okay. I won't name the celebrity. Sure. Um, I'm doing a deal right now where yeah. I pitched the celebrity mm-hmm. on a new company, a yeah. new business, yeah. and I gifted them 50% of this company. Wow. Now, I believe it'll be a couple of hundred million dollar company when we're in said and yeah. done in three to five years. I truly believe that. Yeah. I've done this several times. I'm just now doing it with somebody who's, a top five money earner in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. And I sat down with him and I'm going through this and he loved the idea, loved the concept, but I said, such and such, I want you to be my partner. I want to go 50-50 on this with you. How good is that? Completely blew him away. He was expecting me to maybe go, oh, I want you to be my ambassador or I want you to be my number one. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. I want you to be my business partner in this. Mm. That was a no-lose situation. Yeah. Now, many people are sitting there going, Michael, I'm not going to give 50% of my company away. But that's a scarcity mentality. See, you've got a different mindset, Michael. Maybe, and I've been working on it for 20 years, so I like to hope that I've done something. But, <laughs> but I want people to start to think about this and go, Maria, you've got your core business. What's to stop you starting another business? Yes. And going, hey, what if I went out there and did a joint venture with somebody? and gave them percentage of business. Here's an example, right? Yeah. If I was on Shark Tank, and I probably will never go on Shark Tank as a contestant, too many people go in there and go, Sharks, I wanted, I want to give away 5% of my business for an astronomical amount of money. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a no-win solution. You know what yes. I would do? Yeah. I would go and then go, Sharks, I want to give away 50% of my business. Yes. $2. Wow. Think about that, right? Yeah. How much would they be fighting over it? I would, exactly. now, I would now create a, 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 a bidding system and go, I'll give you 50. You know what? I'll give you 60. I'll give you 75. Yeah. Or, hey, why don't you all come on board? Now, have a think about that. I've created a new idea and a new company. Entrepreneurs have 50 ideas going on at once. Yes. Find a way to start a new opportunity, a new thing that you're passionate about, 
Go give away 50% of the equity and get some of the best entrepreneurs on the planet fighting over it to be a part of it. Sure, the two bucks. It's not about the two bucks. No. It's about the mentorship. What are you going to learn? So entrepreneurs, there's a big difference between entrepreneurs and business owners, but entrepreneurs have many ideas and the one idea they're on right now will not be their last and yeah. will probably be not the idea that makes them where they want to go. Yes. I, I thought my first business would be the best business on the planet. Yeah. I'm into 15 companies at the moment. <laughs> it was my ninth. So when you understand that, yeah. you figure out a way to do your entrepreneurial apprenticeship mm. and go find mentors, find people who can help you. That's what I would do if I was on Shark Tank. Oh, unbelievable. I have to say I could have taken pages of notes, Michael. You've been well, absolutely recording. <laughs> recording. Yeah, I know, but, but I'm just sitting here thinking just pure, pure, Firstly, absolutely authentic. You, you don't hold back. And I can see now why you attract the kind of people. I mean, when you said to me your approach with Jay Shetty, I think that's it, right? It's about giving enormous value before you expect anything in return. And sometimes you may not get anything in return, Michael, but, but it's that mindset of, I, I think it's just the abundance mindset. I know a lot of people talk about it and have been talking about it for 20, 30 years, but it's exactly that, right? Give away and then watch the magic happen. I always say that. Yeah, I think it's important because if you don't have a long-term vision of this yeah. and you're playing a short-term game, if you're playing yeah. a short-term game, you're probably not going to make it a success. Exactly. So, so I love that, you know, I was with Jay in Los Angeles at his home only five weeks ago, and he said, look, I'm running a program. Why don't you come and be there hmm. and with what we're doing? Why don't you take the money from what we do at the back end of that? And we start our new thing together. I said, Jay, you've put all those people in the room. They're all your clients. I'm happy to help serve you. I'll, I'll be there with my team. We'll, we'll do all the work, but I don't want any money out of it because yeah. you did all the work. And Jay turns around and goes, Michael, take 50% of it. Over the next two decades, it'll yeah. come out in the wash with what we want to do. Yeah. And again, that's the difference. Him and I have got a similar outcome on a different path where he plays a very particular role, I play a particular role. Mm. Two-decade vision of this. Yes. So you, you're okay to give away as what he would do is 50%. There's a fair bit of money there. Yeah. Because he knows it'll come around again and in the future. So that's the difference. And, and anyone listening to this, please, please, please have a long-term vision for what it is you want to have, what yes. it is you want to do, and who yes. it is you want to and even if you're older, because I'm thinking about some of the older audience listening to it, right? They'll go, Michael, it's easy for you to say because you're young, you've got 20 years, what about me? Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's, it's, it's true, but unless you're in your 80s listening to this, I still feel you've got two decades to go. I still think so too. So, and we are living longer these days, Michael. So. Jack, I, I watched a Jack Canfield yes. live two days ago. Yeah. And I can't remember how old he is, but he wants to live to 114. Wow. So two of his mentors, yeah. one lived to 116 and one lived to 120. So he's now spending, he's got, he's got 50 years to go. And he's like, what am I going to do over these 50 years? You need to be healthy, happy, you need to do all those things. But when you've got 50 years left and you're in your 60, 60. 70? Yeah. 
that's a whole other lifetime. Yes. So, so there's a couple of things there. Have a long-term vision, but please understand it won't take you 20 years. I, no. I, I know people think, Michael, and, and here's a great test, Maria. Yes. I have a lot of entrepreneurs come to my events and go, Michael, I need to talk to you about an amazing business idea. I think it's a billion-dollar company in the next two or three years. Yeah. And I go, okay, cool. Before we go and have a look at that, what if it takes you 20 years? Oh, no, no, it won't take 20 years. No, but what if it did? Oh, look, I probably wouldn't do it. Dude, it's not your passion. Yes. If you've got a billion-dollar idea and it's for two years, I'm telling you now, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, I've just been around the game long enough. Uh, I get pitched a lot. Yeah. You've got a long-term vision with a, a, a an impact-orientated vision. Yeah. You will make a difference and the money will follow. I could keep going, Michael. I could keep going, but I am going to probably ask you for another session like this because it's fantastic because JVs deserves a whole different thing. But there were so many pearls of wisdom, Michael, and I really, really appreciate, A, from my heart, your authenticity and your generosity of sharing that openly because let me tell you, I've learned a lot and I've been in business long enough now, but I'm sure the audience will love it. So Really appreciate and and you did not disappoint by any means, Michael. You are everything everybody says you are. Thank you very <laughs> much. I appreciate you having me on your show. Um, thank you. I just want to say thank you to you, Jimmy. We need leaders like you. you know, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I know you've been in business a long time. You're successful and now you've decided to do a podcast and, you, yeah. and I'm glad to be on it. But you're a leader and we need more people like you. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. Our economy certainly needs it right now. <laughs> thank you very much, Michael. Hope you enjoyed that. Thanks for tuning in to the Unstoppable Leader podcast with me, your host, Maria Patisetti. And if I may ask for a favor, please drop me a review on iTunes. I'd love your feedback and love to hear what you think. And if you want to stay up to date with me and the business, then please go to digitalarmor.com.au or our podcast website, which is theunstoppableleader.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be unstoppable. Be unstoppable.